When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm on record as being in favor, and very much so, of keeping the core intact. I'm not nearly as excited about solving the problems that will continue to be in place as a result of that. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Tonight is Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Final between the Avs and Bolts. That'll happen down in Tampa. Looking forward to that. Way more looking forward to any and all developments as it relates to the local club. I do expect, and I'll be really surprised if this isn't the case, that the Penguins will start making moves as related to Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang before the NHL draft that takes place July 7 and 8 in Montreal. That's not something that they'd want to carry onto that floor. Although I got to tell you, since I'll be covering it and I'll be on that floor, it'd be really exciting, you know, reporter standpoint. Every, but every time Ron Hextall or Brian Burke gets up to talk to anybody, yeah, I'll be sending it out to everyone. Oh, no, look at that. They're going to trade Gino to so-and-so. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to get them done before flying to Montreal. But I also think that as much as I'm in favor of that, specifically where Gino is concerned, still don't know who's going to play with him. And you still don't know how the top six is going to break down. And yes, we've been having this dialogue for quite a while. I thought that maybe there was a little bit of a breakthrough late this past regular season when Mike Sullivan put Ricard Raquel on the line with Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, and Sid and Raquel were like magic together. I mean, I don't know if that was just a complete coincidence, a tiny sample size, uh, if maybe something would happen at some point to make them not look compatible. And when I say that, I should also throw in that Raquel looked compatible with Jake, too. I mean, that matters as well. Not everything funnels through your center in the attacking zone, especially with the way Sid plays down low and along the boards. Everybody's got to participate. Everybody's got to grind. And Raquel was good at all of that, while additionally adding some playmaking and shooting and, well, you know, all the stuff that Rust does. Brian Rust, of course, was the very clear number one priority, at least chronologically, 
as the Penguins were able to wrap him up for the next half decade, just a couple of days after Game 7. But by the time they get everyone signed, at least from my perspective, unless there's cap space lying around that can't be seen by human eyes, I don't think they're going to be able to keep Raquel. And because of that, and because the priority is always, and nobody really shies away from this subject, to make sure that Sid's got the best wingers, if Sid's out there with Jake and Rust, who's left? Who's left for Gino? Who's left to make sure that you have a balanced top six? This isn't about uh, you know Sid versus Gino or their personalities or egos or anything like that. I think we all know plenty enough about both of them to not throw stuff like that into this. But you've got to have a balanced top six or your top line is going to end up getting inundated. You're not going to get enough five-on-five production. You might not get any five-on-five production beyond your first line, as we just saw in this playoff run, and that just doesn't cut it. It doesn't. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So let's do this today. Let's make uh, a line for Gino. Let's put, and you know who we're throwing on that left wing, right? Yeah, it's Jason Zucker because he can't be traded because of the $5.5 million AAV on the cap hit. And he's fit there, and he's conscientious, and he's fast, and he's skilled, and every once in a while he looks like he can score goals. A problem with Zucker, of course, is that he doesn't stay on the ice. Now, maybe he will have gotten all of his rotten luck out of the way in the 2021-22 season, but as we once saw with Bo Bennett, rotten luck doesn't necessarily have to run out. But that's who I'd put over there. And in a perfect setting, I would have Raquel up with Sid, and I would have Rust with Gino, and I'd be pretty happy with my top six. I really would. I think if you can find a way to fill out your third and fourth lines with people who play the Sullivan system to the hilt and just get a reasonable amount of contributions from them, five on five, you've got yourself a really good hockey team. Throw a couple new faces in there, and of course, got to make sure you get the best out of Tristan Jari in the back. But again, it's a pretty good hockey team, except for one thing in this scenario, and that's that there isn't a right winger for Gino. And you know, and I know, that what will end up happening is that Kasperi Kapanen will be back there again. Now, Kapanen did some better things as the season went along. He stopped doing that ridiculous pirouette inside the opponent's blue line. He started to take the puck to the net on those rushes. He started to get off shots. And I will say this, I don't care how unpopular it is, he should have had four or five goals at minimum in that playoff series against New York, except that Igor Shesterkin must have saved 80% or something of his best stops for Kapanen. He was unbelievable against Kapanen. Kapanen got shots off that no one 
would have regretted, that no one would have gone back to the bench shaking their head like, man, if only I'd done this or that. Just crushed them and didn't have a goal to show for the entire round. But, you know, he also went through most of the season without a goal to show for anything. So even if he has had some light come on, even if he has been duly humbled with the lack of production and the couple of times that Sullivan scratched him, to enter the coming season with him as the default right winger for Gino, uh, you know, that's, that's not exciting. That doesn't feel like progress. And if you want to come up with a, a kid, a Wilkes-Barre player that you think might be able to rise up there and fill the role, go, you know, go ahead and name one. You know, I could see Drew O'Connor maybe getting a shot on the left side. I sure wouldn't be putting him on his off wing in a top six situation where skill matters. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough. The salary cap is making this tough. Time to start moving some of those defensemen and keeping Raquel. When we come back, J1Q. Time for J1Q, and today's comes from Ron Humphreys, who asks, shouldn't Ricard Raquel be the top priority to sign after Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang? Raquel playing with the Penguins for a whole season, I really believe he could have put up 20 to 30 goals, 20 to 35 assists if he's healthy. He's a grinder. He isn't afraid to get to the front of the net, and he never had the talent around him in Anaheim like he does in Pittsburgh. You would think, Ron, after the opening segment that I just did, which was glowing about Raquel and his potential value to the top six, including possibly the top line, that I would agree with you. But I don't. My list of priorities is number one, tied Malkin slash Latang. I don't believe the team makes much of a distinction between the two. I really don't. So I'm going to have them as a tie, respectfully. Number two, Tristan Jari. And then after that, Raquel. We seem to keep forgetting that the franchise goaltender is about to enter a walk year. That can't be allowed to happen. General managers know better than any of the rest of us the value of a franchise goaltender. Now, has Jari put himself into the bracket, you know, where he'd be discussed for the Vezina Trophy, where he'd be Andre Vasilevsky, where he'd be Igor Shosturkin, Connor Hellebuck. No, no. But he's working his way into that conversation, and he made so much progress from the previous season to this past season, that it seems a little bit hard to believe that he'd all of a sudden plateau or drop off. I think the sky's the limit for this kid. I really do. And I don't mean to keep going on about him and his contract status, but it it feels like it never quite makes it into feedback that I get. Uh, everything is still about those 
well, the same two guys, but then Raquel. And look, you can't put off a signing that's this important. You can't. Try to imagine. I mean, go ahead and do this. Here's an exercise. Try to imagine this team going into next season with the best goaltender they can get out of free agency. The reason I say next season isn't because I, you know, lost my mind and think that Jari doesn't have a contract. He does. But the situation for this team isn't going to be all that different the following season because they're going to have Sid, they're going to have Gino, they're going to have Latang, they're going to have a lot of their guys. All those guys are signed. Jake, Rust. So your cap situation isn't going to change much. And what you'll have to do is then you're the team that's going out in free agency. And the one position through this flat cap period that's happened during the pandemic that's made more money is goaltending. He's going to get paid. If it isn't in Pittsburgh, it's going to be somewhere else. You have a chance to approach him now before he's even had a successful playoff series and say, hey, we want you. We trust you. And here's the amount that we're willing to offer to back that up versus after he goes and does it. Whether it's a second consecutive terrific regular season, whether it's a playoff run that gets added on to that, that's going to make him unaffordable. You can't wait on that. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening. The Daily Shot of Penguins will do another one of these tomorrow. 